Welcome, 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 welcome to the last broadcast of this series of the Rising Sons of God, Joel's Army of Deliverers Arising. It is a blessing to be with you this morning. My name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messengers, and I am so pleased to be with you for this last broadcast. Hopefully you can join today and join in with us. And I have to reach over here to get my phone to make sure that we are on Facebook. So let me do that right now and double check. In the meantime, please sign in. Let us know where you're from. And uh, that would be a blessing so we can pray for you. Everyone who signs in, we, we pray for. And uh, um, so please sign in. Let us know who you are, where you're from. And just very grateful that you could join us this morning. As I'm looking at my phone because I have to read the comments from there. Because sometimes we're we simulcast on Facebook and YouTube. So uh, one comes up on one screen. and one comes up on the other so that's why it's kind of important i get on here with you so praise god i think we're just about set yep there we are okay okay there we go so now my live chat is now ready to go so that's good i got that right in front of me here so we are so glad to be with you today we are going to sum up this last series about the making of god's sons the arising the end time work of intervention of god of what he's doing to prepare us and position us and so we can be propelled with glory in 2022 so we thank you for coming and watching this broadcast today if you do watch it right now maybe if you're watching it live maybe you can do a um what do they call that on facebook they call it a um i can't even think of the word now oh well uh you can share it you can let others see it and you can send it out or uh, whatever they call it uh, you can do that at the same time so if you can do that that would be awesome you know, I forgot what they, I, I forgot what they call it. It's a, a, a block party, a watch party. That's it. Maybe you can do a watch party and, you know, just let people connect while you're watching other people can join you. Uh, Janine, I think I bless you. Thank you for joining today. Um, it's a blessing to have you on here. And just, you know, if you can, let us know where you're from. We always love to know where people are watching from uh, today. And uh, so, again, if you're uh, here, please sign in. Let us know. Good morning, Nicole. God bless you. Glad you're here. She's from Colorado. Praise God. And, you know, as you all sign in, let us know where you are, where you're from, and looking forward to today's broadcast with us. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We so appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate your presence. We appreciate you, Lord. Lord, you can do a million things because you're God. But you chose to come and be with us. So we want to let you know how much we appreciate your, your presencing with us, your manifested presence that you make yourself known to our five senses, Lord, of your person. We know you stand behind the lattice. You're looking to see if we notice you. And we notice you, Lord. We notice you today, Lord. And we're in love with you, Lord. We do. We, we just say we're in love with you, Lord. We're lovesick for you, Lord. We want more of you. We want to see you more, know you more, hear you more better than we ever have before. So open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. And like Moses, we say, teach us your ways, O God, that we might know you. And if we found favor in your sight today, show us your glory. Lord, we thank you for this broadcast. We thank you for what you've been teaching us together. We've been growing together in you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did at, at Calvary. You died. You broke, your body was broken for us. Your blood was poured out. And because of that, we've been disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We've been reconnected to the tree of life in the midst of the garden. Let us eat the hidden manna 
that's prepared for the overcomers today, Lord. Let us see you face to face. Let us hear you, know you, understand you, Lord. Worship you so that we can be just yours. Lord, these, these broadcasts are not about doing things. It's about becoming something, becoming something in you and, and you becoming something in us, the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom, that we'd be one. Lord, the unity of the true love and unity of being knitted together you as your bride, with you our heavenly bridegroom. And Lord, that we function together as one. Lord, I thank you that you brought us out of our engagement period of the church age of being working for you and living for you. And now we're being married to you. So we're living with you, working with you, Lord. We're quite different, Lord. You're truly in the lead. You're truly the director. You're truly the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're married to the King of glory. So today we lift up our heads and we lift up our heads as an age-abiding doorways. And we say to you, come in, come in, King of glory, come in. We want you to come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, huh, mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Come in, Lord. Come in today, Lord. Come into every home, every person, to heart. Fill this ro our rooms right now where we're watching this broadcast with your manifested presence. Lord, we thank you. We welcome you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We love you. We adore you. We bow down before you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Son of God, we appreciate you. Son of God, we appreciate you. We love you, adore you. We bow down before you. Son of God, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. You lead us, you guide us in your love, Lord. You hide us, Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. We so love you, Lord. We so love you, Lord. We worship you right here, right now, Lord. We just bring our worship to you, our adoration and our love to you, Lord. You're worthy of all praise and glory and honor, Lord. And we love you as a person, Lord. Lord, so many seek your hand, but we seek your face. This is a generation that will seek your face. That's us, Lord. We seek your face. We want to know you and see you, Lord, like we never have before. We'll be one with you. We so appreciate you, Lord. I thank you for all those that you're bringing into this broadcast today, God. And I thank you that you would meet with us personally, change us personally, reveal yourself to us personally, Lord. And when we're done, we'll sure, we will surely say, Lord, we have met with you. Now to you, Lord, who can do exceedingly above all that we ask or praise or think, to you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Eva. Praise God. 
If you're joining for the first time, just let us know where you're from. We're so blessed to have you on this broadcast today. Again, if you're just tuning in, my name is Henry Falcom from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messengers. And we are um, blessed today in this last broadcast of the Arising Sons of God. And I've been sharing a lot about the kingdom of God, its reality. What is the Lord doing today? What's his present work? And it's quite different. The message of the kingdom is a message of preparation. The message of the church age is a message of salvation. And, you know, of course, that's ne that's necessary. But we've changed days. I've taught about it for two years now that we're in a new day and a new place. We've entered into the third day, kingdom of God age. And everything's changed. What, how we operate, how we function, how we live, how we breathe. All, everything's changed. And you can see it in the world, how much it's changed already. So good morning, Donna. So thank you, you know, Lord, for bringing this change and opening our hearts to understand it. And I said it's critical. When I started these broadcasts two years ago, the Lord said to pray the release of that tribe of Issachar anointing, that we'd understand the time and the seasons of the Lord. And we'd also know the change of day, the change of hour, and the change of leadership. That's what the tribe of Issachar was able to identify. So from that point, we've been sharing to you about how the Lord is forming a new breed of people on the earth, the sons of God, the manifested sons of God are manifesting them into full-grown sonship. And I've been talking about the process of preparation, a third-day intervention that God showed me many, many years ago from the, the, the John chapter 2, the miracle of the wedding of Cana, and what that was all about. And yes, in the natural, they ran out of wine, but it was also a spiritual prophetic word about what's going to happen at the end of the age, that it was going to seem like the wine would be all gone. In other words, the wine that we started the church with, God started the church, was going to seem to be all out and incapable of finishing us. It's all gone. It's just about to run out. And if you look at the church in the book of if you look at the book of look at the church in the book of Revelation chapter two at the end of the age the Laodicean church as a as it, it you know uh, um, uh, believes it's rich and in need of nothing, but its true state is poor, pitiable, and naked. Why? Because what started the church, the 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 wine that started the church has run out. And we replace the wine of the spirit, the move of the spirit, the sensitivity of the spirit, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. We replaced it with the wisdom of man. Again, we did it again. We, we, we replaced it with man's programs, man's ideas. And I said this before, is that, you know, that we, there's a mixture at the end of the age. There's a mixture of flesh and spirit in the house of God. And what that flesh and spirit is lukewarm. And what that flesh and spirit is, 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 is basically is, is the same thing that happened when, when, uh, when Sarah realized she could produce no more, uh, could, couldn't produce an egg anymore. So she came up with a good idea to help God do what he wanted to do. Sleep with my handmaiden. Maybe the Lord will bring us a child by doing it this way. And that heart, that, that taking and bringing to the Lord what we think he wants in our own hands, is what causes the producing of an Ishmael. And we know it happened. You know, Abraham was still able to produce a seed. And so, but he took that seed and he slept with another, a, a man's efforts, man's wisdom of trying to bring about the very purposes of God. And that is what permeates the church at the end of the age. We see it everywhere. That's where we get seeker-friendly churches and we get all these type of ministries that are more focused on the needs of men and they've forgotten the needs of God. That's what the book of Revelation chapter two and three is all about. It's about repentance, change, and overcome. It begins to show us our spiritual condition. And I've been sharing about that for a while. And many leaders don't wanna see that. They don't wanna hear it because they've been fixated on, our, on the holy place ministry. 
you know, of, of salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, outreaches, ministries. I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things, but their focus is about meeting the needs of men in the heart. And so we can do all of those things without our first love. That's what Revelation chapter two tells us in the church of Ephesus. We can do all of those things and desert the Lord, the, 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 uh, the, the, the love of the, to love the Lord. And what's happened, I think, in America is that we love the work more than we love God. The work has taken the place of God as an idol in our hearts, in many leaders' hearts. And that's why bigger, better, faster. And that's why we get all these group meetings together and we come up with all these new ideas. And I mean, you know, whether you believe in the seven mountains, you don't, whatever. But if you notice that the whole idea is to make the church relevant, to make the church culturally relevant, to make the church fit into the world so that the world will receive it. That's disgusting to God. It's an abomination to God. I read about that yesterday in Isaiah chapter one. You need to listen to yesterday's broadcast. It's disgusting to God. It was so disgusting. And Ezekiel, where um, in Ezekiel, I believe it's 42 or 44. Let me just pull it up here. Ezekiel 44. Um, it, 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 you know, he, he shows, he shows again, the condition of the leaders in the church. And I'm just going to read it to you. It says, and, and, and the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well and set your heart. I'm in verse five, Ezekiel 44, uh, uh, verses five, you know, and the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well and set your heart to see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house, house of the Lord and its laws. And mark well and set your hearts to know who are allowed to enter the temple and all those who are excluded from the sanctuary. This is such a prophetic word because this is happening right now. God is watching what we're bringing into this house, what we're bringing into our home. He's watching what we bring into the church. And in 2020, he gave the whole world a timeout, you know, to get us to see what are you building? I know the enemy did what he did, but God used it to stop all of our activities, stop us in our tracks and to see where are your priorities? What are your motives? What is first? Is the kingdom of God first in your life? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or are we seeking a mixture of the best of this world and the best of God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so now it says, okay, and you shall say to the rebellious, and that's what Revelation chapter two and three is about. It's not a, it's a, it's a word of the Lord to the church. And it says, thus saith the Lord, O you house of Israel, let your previous abominations be enough of you. Do not repeat them. And what is the sin that we see here? What is the sin? And you say you're rich in need of nothing. Why have we taken all the things of the world, the music of the world, and we changed it to make it Christian? Why are we taking the world's ways, changing it, fixing it, painting it, and calling it Christian? And why have we replaced the work and the power and the glory of God with man's wisdom and understanding? Why have we done that? What seduced us? Who's bewitched us? We started this walk in, the, in our Lord with the Holy Spirit. But now why are we trying to reach perfection in the flesh? And that's what the book of Revelation, first five chapters is all about, the removing of, of the flesh and the spirit. And the only way that can be removed is to recognize that the holy place ministry and the outer course ministry okay, must fade away for Christians, not for those that are being saved, but must fade away for us so that we enter behind the veil, which is our destiny. And we enter the glory realm and the holy of holies. And I've been teaching and sharing about that for, for months now. For that to happen, God brings a preparation. There is a spiritual preparation, an end time preparation that the Lord desires. 
It's a miracle work of God of changing water to wine in your life, my life, in our church that can finish the work. In Luke chapter 14, uh, you know, uh, Luke chapter um, 13, Jesus says, they said the Pharisees came and said, Herod's coming to kill you. And Jesus speaks this prophetic proclamation. Go tell that fox today and tomorrow, two prophetic days, a day's like a thousand years. years. Today, tomorrow, I do healing and cures. But on the third day, I'm going to come and finish my course. That's where we are prophetically. Jesus is here. Second Thessalonians 1.10 is manifesting right now. For in that day, what day? This day, the third day, the kingdom age. In that day, Jesus will come. And that's exactly what he's doing. And he will be seen, to be seen, glorified in the saints. The kingdom age is about the glory of God manifesting. It's about the glory of God transforming this earth into the kingdoms of our God every kingdom of this world to become the kingdoms of our God. The kingdom age has to do with the glory of God, the manifested glory of God. That's why Isaiah 60 is so important. Is a command from heaven, arise, that's a command, arise and what shine for your light. The king of glory has come. See, that's a day, that's a moment in time, that's a season where he's come. And what happens when he comes to shine? It says, and you know, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory, see, and the glory of God, that Shekinah, the glory of God and the glory of God shall be what? Seen, seen, risen upon you. That requires a change of what we do, a change of who we are, our priorities, our directions. And that's what he offers at the end of the age. He's standing at the door and he's knocking and he's, and he's saying, if anybody will hear my voice and open the door and let me come in, I'm going to come in and sup with you. I thought he already was supping with us. So what is this supping? This supping is an end time intervention of the Lord. This is a marriage supping of the Lord where, the, where we're no longer going to be betrothed to the Lord, but we're going to be married to the Lord. That's the season we're in right now. We're in that marriage time right now. That midnight hour is the shouts go out. Go, behold, go and meet the bridegroom. And the wise virgins have oil and they have extra oil to go out and meet him. Now there's still time, but the, 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 the foolish virgins, they only have the initial uh, oil that initial oil all ten have and that's their salvation baptism of the holy spirit but what the wise have is extra oil and where do they get that extra oil by allowing the lord to break them mold them shape them and to give the lord the totality of their being they live for him they live for his purposes and plans you know they come into a place of maturity as a son of god where their testimony becomes i've been crucified with christ but nevertheless i live but not I, but Christ now lives in me. See, that's the sonship side of that mature son testimony. And it's not just something we quote, it's a reality. They are truly living only for the will of God. See, in the church age, we went through the outer courts to be saved. We went into the Holy Spirit to get baptized, uh, the holy place to get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fivefold ministries. But I've read that, I shared this with you in Hebrews chapter 9, it shows us as long as that holy place remains a recognized institution, it blocks the true way into the Holy of Holies. It blocks it as long as it remains a recognized institution. And it talks about gifts of offering, ritual acts of worship. That's what we do Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. I've shared all of this already, you know, and it's incapable of completing or bringing to perfection the conscience of the believer. It's incapable of finishing us. You can't be finished in the present church structure. You cannot be completed in the services and the conferences and the ways that we've done it in the past. If they stay like that, we can never be completed. We can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We can be used by God. We can have the gifts of the Spirit, but we cannot be finished. We cannot be completed. And you see, for those of you that this is awakening, there is a desire deep within you that you wanna be finished. 
You know, you want to put off this corruptible to put on the incorruptible. And it's making you yearn after God, fall in love with God. And you realize you've done everything that you know how to do that they taught us in the church age. You fasted it out. You tried to pray it out. You tried to word it out. We used the word, the prayer, worship. And yet all those things that are still holding us back seem to be there. And it looks like we're never going to get there. We're never going to be finished. And there's a holy frustration that's in so many believers. And, you know, and it sometimes even brings a hopelessness. Am I ever really going to be finished? And the Lord said, yes. He said, yes. That's why there's a miracle at Cana. That whole story is not just about getting wine at a wedding in the natural. It's a prophetic picture of God giving us wine at the end of the wedding time you know, at the marriage time, so that we will be able to finish our course. As the Lord Jesus finishes his course in us, we're going to finish our course upon the earth. And it's done by a miracle intervention of God. It's a miracle. And so, you know, we see that whole discourse in John chapter two, when Mary says, Jesus, the wine's about to run out. And he says, woman, what is this to you? You know, why are you bothering? My time has not come. He's speaking about an age. My time has not come. But nevertheless, she disregards what he says and she looks to the servant and says, do whatever he tells you to do. What a command that is, right? Do whatever he tells you to do. And now Jesus gets up and he tells those servants, do what I tell you to do. Fill up those six pots. Why six? Six represents the number of men, but it also represents six prophetic days. Okay, from Adam to Jesus 4,000 years, four prophetic days. But Jesus to now, two prophetic days. That six prophetic days in the year 2000, we went into the seventh day, which is the rest of God. The kingdom age has begun to come be unfolded. And on that third day of the church age, seventh day, okay, we find six plate pots. And what does Jesus command them to do? Fill them with water to the brim. If you notice in the 1990s, okay, I happen to be part of that, what happened in that there was an outpouring from Toronto to Pensacola, where I lived near, near where I live to all over the world. And one of the things that was one of the, the songs that came out of that area was about three things, the wind, the fire, but the rain of God, the river of God. There were so many river of gods. And, the, the, and, and all of a sudden we begin to have what they call soaking, soaking services. Soaking services were what? To be filled with the with the presence of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? We were being filled, we're being filled, we're being filled. We went back, we did more soaking services and many are still doing those soaking services with the Lord. And what happens? The time comes when those clay pots are completely filled with the soaking. When that happens, Jesus gives another command, which takes us out of the church age into the kingdom age. And he says this, take, take a, take a, um, a ladle, draw some out and draw some out. Okay, that always represents a remnant. Draw some out and bring it to the master of the feast. Now, you know what happens at this miracle. This is prophetic. A supernatural miracle happens to finish the wedding, to finish your life, to finish our course. And that's what I'm going to share with you today about this finishing work of the Lord, what it looks like, how to participate in it, and the result of it. That's our last broadcast for today that we're going to finish. Okay. But let's think about this for a minute. Okay. In John chapter two, you know, we see it. And as, as the servant took that ladle of water, okay, to the master of the feast, which is the, the call it the caterer, to taste it, something happens. A supernatural intervention. Water becomes wine. I want you to understand something. 
water became wine. And it doesn't tell us how it became wine deliberately. There's a reason why we don't know the, you know, how it became wine. We're not supposed to know because it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that there's faith that Mary knew that Jesus had the ability to finish the wedding by changing something's nature from one state to another, from one position to another. So powerful was that transformation that this water that became wine, the taste of this wine, when it went to the caterers, the head of the catering business, he said, I have never tasted this kind of wine. Oh my God, we have never been in this place before. The world has never seen, the church has never seen what they're about to taste by those of you that are cooperating with the Lord and allowing God to make you a full grown son and daughter now. Those of you that believe that you're coming into that place of maturity where that you will become, that, that, that your life will reflect his life completely. Our life to become like that transparency, the reflection of his life. They don't see us, but they see Jesus. Just like when we seen Jesus, we saw the Father. Those of you that have that hope, those of you that are believing that, those of you that know that God is doing that, there is an end time third day intervention that's happening right now. It's called the visitation of the Lord. And those of you that are hearing that war trumpet of Revelation chapter one, and, and you're turning around to see Jesus, you're seeing Jesus like you never saw him before. You're seeing him with eyes like fire, a face burning like the noonday sun, his hair is white as snow. You're seeing seven stars in his right hands, his white garments glistening, a gold sash representing the character of God and his feet burning like an oven. You're seeing him. And as you're seeing him, you're being changed and transformed. Things in your lives are being melted away supernaturally by God. You, as you look into that face, you're being changed from glory to glory. Have that sins, wounds, things are being removed supernaturally by God, by looking at him, seeing him, because when we see him, we're going to be like him. And as we're seeing him, you're falling more in love, burning with that passion of the Lord. And, you, and you're letting all the things of this world, all the things of this life, and you're coming completely his as a bride with her, with her bridegroom. And you're holding on to nothing except Jesus. Glory to God. Now, what happens in that miracle? And Cana, that when the, when the master of the house says, he says this, everyone else, this speaks of an age. This speaks of an age of mixture. Listen carefully. Everyone else stores the best wine first. And when people get drunk, when they can't tell anymore, they serve the cheaper wine. That's exactly what's happened in the church age. We started off with a wine from Pentecost, but somewhere along the line, we made our own wine. And when people got intoxicated by the world, intoxicated by a religious spirit, intoxicated where they couldn't tell the difference anymore, we replaced the move of God, the spirit of God with the wisdom of men, and we called it God. We took that gold that they got out of Egypt and we threw it into the fire, like Aaron said, and it became a golden calf. And we said, this is the God that delivered us out of Egypt. And that's what's in the house of God today. That's exactly what Ezekiel is going to see. Because what happened is the men of God, those that were called to tend to the presence of God, left their post. They left their post. The priest tended their post to go work with their hands to provide for themselves. And what they did is they hired strangers and foreigners to come and tend the things of God. Haven't we done that? How? Look at what's going on in the church today. You want to get a crowd? Bring the entertainers and you'll get a great crowd. You know, you want to build the church, bring in the big name ministers and you can begin to build your church. We use all the things that we think that will draw people, names, people, positions, 
to, to come so that our churches and our ministries can get bigger and bigger and bigger instead of seeking the face of God, instead of seeking the glory of God to be manifested in our place. We've taken and we've done exactly what Abraham and Sarah did. We want to help God out by we're going to take what he said, what he asked us to do, but we're not going to wait for the Lord to do it. We're impatient. So we're not going to wait because waiting means I'm not going to be successful. So I'm going to, so a lying, driving spirit's going to come and say, you need to do something now. And so you take your hands upon it and you come up with good ideas. And all those good ideas have permeated in the church. All these good ideas have kept God's people in bondage. All these good ideas have kept them sitting, 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 taking notes. Maybe they'll have a place in ministry someday. Maybe they'll do a little bit here, do a little bit here. We've taught them how to take notes. We've taught them how to sit down. we taught them how to receive a message. we taught them how to worship for 20 minutes. we taught them that if you really want to experience God, it's got to be two hours or less. That's what we taught them. That's the breed of Christians that we see at the last age. And we're so content with what we built. We say we're rich in need of nothing, but the true state of God's people, the true condition of God's people are poor, blind, pitiful, and naked because they have not grown, because we have not given them the food to grow by. We have given them Similac instead of mother's milk, and they're still in need now of the true milk of the, of the kingdom of God before they can eat the solid food that's for the mature. We kept them dependent upon men instead of dependent upon God. Oh, we say that they need to be dependent on God, but we keep them dependent upon us, that you need us because our life is attached to being needed. Many ministers' lives are attached to being needed. They got to preach. They can't, you know, they got to do this. And if they don't preach, if they don't prepare 27 hours for their message to, to, to give them a sermonette from the luncheonette, so to speak, you know, then, then they haven't achieved everything because the high point of what we do is to hear that message instead of meet God. Where'd that come from? How'd that happen? And what effect of that mixture of what God said, doing it in our hands, what has it done to the priesthood? We're supposed to be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. What has it done? How's it affecting the leaders? How's it affecting the churches, bringing all of these things into the house of God? How does God see it when we desert our post? Our first work is for Jesus to be our first love. They did a, a survey about 10, 15 years ago, and they took a survey about how, how much the average pastor prayed per day. And they interviewed 10,000 pastors, and the average pastor prayed eight minutes a day. Eight minutes. That's it. If they're only praying eight minutes a day, what's the body of Christ doing? Though we tell, them, we tell people to pray, are we praying? Are we seeking the face of God? That's the question. Are we listening for his voice? So anyways, in Ezekiel 44, look at what happens here. You brought, I want to talk about what they did. They brought in strangers and aliens in the house of God. How does God see that? When we bring all this stuff in, what it does is it, makes our garments filthy. And that's critical for us to understand Zechariah chapter three and four. Excuse me one second. I'm just going to shut my fan off, but I need to turn it on. It's getting pretty warm. Thank you. Okay. I need a little bit of cold air. It's getting hot in here. Now we need to understand something that's really important. In 2020, God stopped everything. 
He allowed the world and the church to stop. He didn't cause it, but he allowed it. We couldn't have people in the buildings, you know, tithing offerings. Hardly were able to come in. And we didn't know where we could go or what we could do. Why? Because it was part of the demonic reset, but it was also part of God's reset to get our attention. Where are we? What are we doing? Can you see your true spiritual condition? If you're meeting Jesus today, as it says in 2 Thessalonians 1.10, and meeting him, you know, he's come to be seen. You know, you know, in that day, he shall come to be seen, glorified in the saints. And you're meeting him as a king of glory. And you know what I'm talking about because you're experiencing him as a king of glory. You begin to see your true spiritual condition. And when you still, when you see your spiritual condition, it almost looks hopeless. But in that hopelessness, it says, no, 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 you don't understand. Philippians 1.6 says, says this, and he that started this good work in you, how did he start this work? By a miracle of salvation. It says he that has started this good work is, will be faithful to what completed in you, even to the day of Christ, which is where we are. So if you trust him to save you, you got saved by a miracle. You're going to be finished by a miracle intervention of God, a third day intervention. The God that started this work supernaturally by his hands. It's the God that's going to finish you by his hands. And that's how we rest because we stop trying to fix ourselves. We stop trying to, to do the things of God in the flesh. And we only move when he moves. We only speak when he speaks. We only do what he does. And that's what Ezekiel shows us in, in, in Ezekiel chapter one. He sees a revelation of the wheel within a wheel and its connection to heaven. The building of God's army. All of it's in the, all of it's hidden throughout the scriptures of the preparation of an end time people for the, for this place in time. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And let's take a look at Ezekiel just a little bit more here. And he says, he says, Oh, you house of Israel, let your previous abominations be enough for you. Do not repeat them, for you brought into my sanctuary. That means my house. What have you brought in? Aliens. And here's the key uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh. You brought in the uncircumcised. What is that? That which has not been set apart for the Lord. And that's what happens when we take these wisdom of men. I sat at an apostles meeting where they brought this guy who built the, these people, these marketing specialists who helped build a 10,000 seat church in two years out in Minnesota. And he said, this is how you're going to build a church in the area. First, you find prime property in the, in the affluent area so that you have sufficient money to fund what you're going to do. Then you send out a survey. What would you like to see in a church? And you take what the majority want and you build it. And, and, they, and the church they built in Minnesota, they had a bowling alley. They had a coffee shop. They had a, a store. They had everything that you'd ever want in a church. And it grew to 10,000 people. And they gave the people everything they wanted in a church. Do you understand that's a spirit at the end of the age? An antichrist spirit that puts the needs of men above the needs of God. Isn't that what Jesus said to Satan when Simon Peter spoke, Lord, this will never happen to you? Did you hear what the antichrist spirit is? He says, Satan, stand behind me, for you are concerned with the things of men and not the things of God. That spirit has pervaded in the church age to bring forth a mixture that has caused our garments to become dirty. That dirtiness of mixture, that dirtiness that the Lord sees a mixture of flesh and spirit cannot enter into the Holy of Holies. 
It cannot enter into the kingdom age or the glory realm. It has to be removed. And I'm just showing you how it got there. Okay. Is this helpful for anybody today? I hope so. This is a powerful word if we'll hear it. It says, and it says, you have brought uncircumcised in heart and flesh to be in my sanctuary to pollute it and profane it. Even my house, when you offer the bread, the fat, and the blood, and through it all, in addition to your abominations, they have, and they and you have broken my covenant. Even though, okay, you have basically sold out to the world because you're more concerned about numbers than you are God. You're more concerned about how many people you're reaching. I will never forget when I entered that huge church when I went out to the Minneapolis area. This is another church. I walked in the door and it was like a Walmart. Huge. They had like eight, 10,000 people there as well. You walk in, this TV screens blaring. And this is our church vision. And we're going to reach 60,000 people. We're going to feed 20,000. And you walked in and you look like you walked into a corporation building. They had the war. They had the bookstore. They too had the coffee shop. They had everything you'd ever. This is a church, a mega church you would want to go to because it has, it's one stop, one shop, one stop shopping. Everything you need. They had the orchestra pit in the bottom. They had 200 singers. I mean, if you looked at what success would look like from a world's eye, this is what most pastors and leaders would want. And yet the Lord wasn't there. His presence didn't feel a thing. And we were looking for, for the pastor God sent us to from Connecticut to bring a message. And we ended up finding him by leaving that place and by the direction of God, finding it by a supernatural intervention. And we found where the Lord was with a little group of 10 people who just began to worship the Lord. The, the difference between that mega church and this little church and the glory and presence of God was like, it would have been like you felt in this little church, 10,000 people were there. And in a 10,000 people church, you felt like there was 10 there because one was filled with glory, one was not. What do you want for your life? Do you want to be filled with the glory of God? What do you want for your family? Do you want to be filled with the glory of God? What do you want for your church and ministry? Do you want to be filled with the glory? Then you've got to come out of the old. You've got to come out of this church age structure. We've got to stop doing services and conferences and living our lives with a mixture of the American dream church, having the best of this world and the best of God. We got to realize what we've allowed to come into the house. We got to begin to see where we've allowed, where we've allowed uncircumcised aliens to come in to our own house and to our families, okay? And, and allowing the ways of the world, the, this woke culture of the world to begin to infiltrate us and so that the leaders actually leave their posts. They may not leave it physically, but they leave it spiritually. And you may leave your spiritual post and I could leave my spiritual post spiritually if we get seduced by this spirit of this antichrist spirit, religious spirit, Jezebel, all working together to choke out the life in the church and cause it not to grow. When the saints of God have not changed and you're frustrated as a pastor and you don't see that spiritual growth, it's easy to blame them. They're not doing what I told them to do. My question to you is where have you brought them? Did you bring them to you? Did you bring them to your church? Did you bring them to your church vision? Did you bring them to your idea of God? Or did you bring them to God himself? That's the question. That's what the book of Revelation chapter two and three is all about. All of those things, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, the tolerating the spirit of Jezebel, have a reputation of being alive but dead. 
all the things, losing our first love, being lukewarm, all the condition that you see at the end of the age has been brought about by the leaders being seduced and the people being seduced by another spirit of this present age. And what it did was it can stop the God from moving. It watered it down and it brought mixture. So it lost its power and it makes the people sick and anemic, and powerless. And God is changing that. Somebody say amen. Praise God. And listen to what it says. You've allowed them to come in and pollute and profane it, my house, when you offer bread and fat and blood, you know, and in addition to all your abominations, they and you have broken my covenant. And here's the key. You have, ne you have not kept charge of my holy things. I know there's a lot of people preaching the kingdom right now. That's not real kingdom. I see it. I see it. I see like a counterfeit. It's taking the terms of the kingdom. And what it's doing is using the term kingdom like paint and painting over the old church structure. Okay. And, and saying, this is different. We're doing something different. And yet it's exactly the same. It's the same amount of time. It's the same amount of worship. It's the same amount of people. It's now we got still the Bible ministry over everybody speaking, doing all the work. And we call it kingdom. It's not. It's just a paint job. It's just a paint job. I'm sorry. It's just a paint job because the true structure of God's people gathering together is where, like, as David did under David's tabernacle, where the ministry to the Lord was first and foremost, and they did nothing except minister to the Lord, and then to hear from the Lord, and then the Lord could speak through whom he wills. And that includes the fivefold ministers, but it doesn't exclude the rest of the body. The rest of the body functions, lives, breathes, builds itself up in love. That does not happen in the church age because we have the priest doing their ritual acts of worship. That's all we've known. I'm not blaming anybody. I did it until God stopped me. That structure, as good as it was, we got saved there. We got filled there. We got baptized in the spirit of God there. We got, got some sanctification there. We, we met God and God met us there. But it cannot complete us. It cannot finish us. That's why there's a change of day, a change of season, and a change of function. And for us to function in the new glory realm, there has to be a change of the clothing that we wore in the church age. That's what I'm going to be sharing with you as soon as I can, as soon as God gets me there. Okay? Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I'm in Ezekiel chapter 44, no foreigner uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary, but no one but the priest might enter for any foreigners who are among the children of Israel. But the Levites, the priest, and we're supposed to be the priest of the Lord, they who went afar from me when Israel went astray, who went astray from me after their idols. They went after their idols. What was most important? Your ministry can be an idol. Your church vision could be an idol. Your family could be an idol. Your job could be an idol. There are many things that keep us and consume our time, consume our life, that even look like God, even can be part of God, that are not allowing us to put God first as our first love. Revelation 2, Church of Ephesus. I know your works. They're more numerous than they are in the beginning. That's a good thing. I know you try those who say they're apostles and they're not. That's a good thing. And I know that you that, 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 that you don't tolerate that doctrine of the Nicolaitans. That's a good thing. But nevertheless, I have one charge against you. And that one charge puts all those other things aside. And what was that charge? You have deserted me. You've abandoned me. You have left the love that you had for me at first. And then 
the Lord Jesus says to us, consider the heights from where you have fallen. Does that sound good to you? Consider the heights where you've fallen. The priest went to minister before the people and their idols. They followed what the people wanted. When Saul got convicted by, by, by Samuel, he said, the people made me do it. They made me keep the best of the oxen. They made me keep Agag alive. And so he was so afraid of what the people thought, he wanted to make sure the people were happy that he would disobey God's commands to keep the people happy. And that's exactly what happens at the end of the age. We have disobeyed God to meet the needs of men. We put the needs of men above the needs of God. We put the second commandment above the first commandment. And that's how the enemy twisted it. We put meeting the needs of men or trying to love men above loving God first, and it hasn't worked. And so because of that, at the end of the age, the wine is all gone. But yet Jesus comes with an intervention to bring us a new wine to finish those that are invited to that marriage supper. Only those that are invited to that marriage supper and enter into that marriage supper are going to be able to drink this new wine. That's what this broadcast all about, because this is what's going to form us into a wheel within a wheel, an end time people of God, the army of God that is in the book of Joel. Praise God. He says this. But the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, when they went astray after their uh, pursuing their idols, they shall minister. Look at this judgment. They shall minister in my sanctuary, having oversight as guards of the gates of the temple and ministering the temples. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifices for the people, and they shall attend the people to serve them. That means the farthest that they will ever go is into the holy place. That means they will stay in the church age function because of what they did by taking the thing that God told them to do and working it in the flesh so that their success can be measured on what they built. They will they take Cain's offering and they can try to take Cain's offering and uh, the best of what they have efforts and they can minister to the people. And now because of that, they can only minister to the people. They can't come near to the Lord because that's where their heart was. And look at this. And they shall not come near to me. What I'm sharing to you is about nearness. When you see Zechariah, Zechariah chapter three and what the Lord does for Joshua, the high priest, you're going to see it's his desire to give him access and nearness. The kingdom age is about access and nearness, about becoming one with the Lord so that we function on this earth as a full grown son, a bride, a daughter, a man, child, an overcomer so that we function in his kingdom, power, authority and dominion. He is not giving it to everybody. So I don't care what preacher's telling you this. He's giving it to those that are prepared. He's going to give it to those that are positioned. He's giving it to them that have the right wedding garments on. We know the parable when Jesus talked about there was a wedding feast and a man came in and he didn't have the wedding garments on. And the servants attendants went to him and said, sir, how did you get in here? He said, I entered the door. They said, sir, you don't have the right garments on, so you can't come into the place. And they put him out the door where there was a gnashing of teeth and utter darkness. Why? Because he didn't have the right garments. This period of time, these last three years, is to remove the filthy garments of the mixture of the church age. And as he removes those filthy garments, he's bringing the greatest healing, completion, and finishing work to your heart so that you can begin to stay and live in the glory realm of God, that you can be truly seated with him in heavenly places, that you can be a man child that's caught up into the spirit where, where a war breaks out in heaven, in the second heaven, and the dragon and all the demons that have ruled up here in the second heaven, they're cast down 
as the man child goes up, they're cast down to the earth. The man child is lifted up spiritually with their feet because they're seeing Jesus in that they're meeting Jesus as the king of glory right now in the heavenly realms, in the second heavens. Jesus has come to restore us back to what we lost. He's standing there. He's taking domain in the air above us because that's where he rules and reigns from through his people. So he's taking domain there in the second heavens. He's putting his feet there. He's revealing himself there. And we're there to come and meet him so that we can be changed from glory to glory. And as we're changed, this war is breaking out and the accused of the brethren who has accused us day and night is being cast down here. The overcomers, the bride, the man child, they're going up. And what happens when they go up, there's a displacement where Satan has reigned. He has to be displaced and he's displaced by Jesus coming to us on that day. He will come to be seen glorified in his saints and they will marvel at his at, 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 at his beauty and his wonders. And as the people of God, the remnant come up here to meet the Lord, like you're doing right now, being changed. God is changing you while you're sleeping. God is changing you while you're working. God is doing such a work inside of you that you can't see because you can't see how he's changing you from water to wine. All you know is you started out as water, but you're becoming wine. And that wine is going to be a finished product, a third day finishing product, a seventh day finishing work that the world is going to see as we arise and shine for that light has come. Jesus, the King of glory has come. And that glory shall be what seen will be seen risen upon us. And that brightness in the midst of dense darkness, it says, will cover the all earth. But it says, nations shall come to your rising and kings to your brightness. This is an intervention of God that we need to participate with, understand what God's doing, cooperate with what God's doing so that we can be prepared and propositioned and propelled with glory so that in this day, it won't come upon us unawares, nor will it come upon us as a thief in the night. And so the sin that caused the mixture, I'm sharing with you in Ezekiel 44, the dirty garment starts here, one of them ways, but this is where it starts. It says, they shall offer the burnt offerings and the sacrifices of people, and they shall attend the people to serve them because the priest ministered to the people before their idols. That's the sin of the mixture right there. They became a stumbling block of iniquity and guilt. That's what we feel, the guilt and shame. People can't see themselves as sons of God today because the system that we built, the Babylonian spirit that infiltrated the church has kept people guilty, shame, and all the how-to steps that we told them of how they're going to change the, the books and the Christian books that we can burn 90% of them because they're powerless and they're useless. And they came, they're psychobabble that came from a mixture of flesh and spirit. This psychobabble. And all they've done is have people try harder to fix themselves. And because we can't fix ourselves, we get condemned. We get guilty, powerless. And so we sit there and we just take more. We sit there and we take more. We sit there, more messages, how to change, more messages, how to reach our cup. Our, our, our community, more messages of what it is to be a Christian life, more messages that you got to faithfully attend your local church every Sunday and Wednesday, or you're not a good Christian, you know, or you, if you're not faithful to serve your pastor, you're not a good Christian. All of those things that we use the measurement of men to measure what spiritual growth is, has caused our garments to be filthy in the sight of God. They have weighed us down. That's why we're to lay aside every weight and every sin that has easily entangled us. And we're to run the race that's set before us to capture that victor crown. 
Oh man, the fire of God is burning this morning. Don't you feel him? Do you see it, beloved, this morning? Are you seeing this this morning? Are you allowing this to bring change to you to see so that you can cooperate by coming to God? God, all I want is you. All I want to do is fall in love with you. I've got to see your face. I know in seeing your face, I'm going to be changed from glory to glory for when I see you. Lord, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like you. Doesn't it make you want to run passionately for more of him? Why? Because when we're with him, we're going to be like him. When we see him, we're going to be like him. We're going to be finished. That's when he can change us as water to wine, as we come like this and we hold on to him. You know, and she said, the shooter of my Christ said, I found the one that I love. And I held him like this and I would not let him go. And I took him and I held him till he could come to the place where I was conceived in my mother's womb. I want him so bad that I want him to be at my conception, that everything that my life is and was is consumed in him and by him. That's that's a passionate love. That's a first love that is so lost today in God's people. And we replaced it with working for God. We replaced it with the idols of the world to entertain them instead of train them in the ways of God. Lord Jesus, help us. And look what it says. And because the priests ministered to the people before the idols, they became a stumbling block and iniquity. Therefore, I have lifted up my hand and I sworn against them, saying, Lord God, and they shall bear their punishment and iniquity guilt. And they shall not come near me to do the office of a priest to me, nor come to any of my holy things that are most sacred. But they shall bear their shame and their punishment for their abomination which they've committed. Yet I will appoint them as caretakers. This is those that enter the kingdom by escaping the fire right here. You know, their whole life has been burnt up, but they make it in by trusting in Jesus. And I will appoint them to have charge of the temple for all the service of the temple, for all that will be done. But the Levitical priests, the sons of Zadok, the remnant of God, the sons of God, the daughters of God, the full grown ones, the remnant, you know, the overcomers, the bride, the man child, all the same terms for overcoming people who have kept charge of my sanctuary when the children went astray from me. There has been a people who have been drawn out of that church age system. And they have tended the flame of God at home alone. And the church leadership beat them, just like it says in the Song of Solomon. You are rebellious. You should be in the gathering of the believers. If you're not in a local church, there's something wrong with you. I say this, if that local church is like the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, and they don't repent and change, why would God keep you in a place that God is going to bring judgment and fight against it with the word of his mouth? Or spew out of his mouth? Or fight against them with the sword of his mouth? You know, or throw them on a bed of affliction. Why would God have people stay in a local church that's going to be facing the judgment that begins in the house of God? He would not. And so he called many out to stay before the flame of God and minister to his heart. They learned the heart of God alone and at home and maybe in fellowships and home groups. Or maybe there are churches that have that heart in there. There are local churches that have that expression, but it's a remnant people. And they knew that they must minister to God, that God must be their first love. Being passionately loved with Jesus has enabled them to see him, hear him, be changed by him, prepare them and be and be, uh, be fit for the master's use the way the Lord wants their lives to be used. Praise God. They have kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. They shall, they shall come near me. Listen to this. I'm talking about nearness. The sons of Zadok are a remnant, a people within a people, a church within a church. They had within them not to leave their post. Do you know why the rest of the Levites left? Read Malachi chapter three. Has a man robbed God? And how have you robbed me? You robbed me of tithing offerings. 
So the people stopped giving to God. And when that giving got so bad that there wasn't enough food to live or to take care of their family, they made a choice. They were going to leave their post to take care of their family. They're going to leave their post to take care of what was important to them. And they left their post and they hired foreigners, uncircumcised apart, uncircumcised in spirit or in flesh to touch God's holy things. And God was not happy about it then and he's not happy about it now. Now think about it. There was a group of people, no matter how much they suffered, even if they didn't eat, they weren't going to disobey God. Even if they're gonna be persecuted and ridiculed, even attacked by other leaders and other church members as being rebellious. There are people who lead churches and are rebellious and they don't want anybody's authority over them. I get it, but not everybody. There's a remnant that's been called out that's come out in Song of Solomon to find the Lord outside the camp and he leads them to the shepherd's camps so that they can be taught the ways of the Lord. They're not rebellious. They just want nearness. They want access to the Lord. Now listen here so I can move on quickly here, it says. And with the Levit, Levit, verse 15, the Levitical priests, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray to me, they shall come near me to minister to me and they shall attend to me to offer to me the fat and blood, says the Lord. They shall enter my sanctuary. They shall come near to my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. Listen to this. They will be drawn near to me. They will come to me, to my table, to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. And when they enter the gates of the inner carts, they shall be clothed with linen garments. No wool shall be on them when they minister at the gates of the inner courts within the temple. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen breeches upon their loins, and they shall not gird themselves with anything that would cause them to sweat. Do you see? These sons of Zadok are now giving a position where they have to wear linen clothing, where they cannot wear wool clothing. The other part of the body of Christ wears wool. That's their clothing. They've got the garment of salvation. The priesthood get the linen garments. The bride has a new garment in Revelation 19 and it's glistening. This is the garment of the bride. This is the garment of the royal priesthood right here. He's describing it, the linen garment. And so there has to be a change of clothing. The clothing that you wear to minister in the outer courts in the holy place can be wool. It doesn't matter if you sweat, but you can't bring one drop of sweat, one drop of human effort, one drop of human wisdom, one drop of human work behind the veil into the glory realm of God. You can't bring it there. It has to be by God and God alone that he brings you into this place. And for God to bring you into this place, you need new garments. You need new wine. You need a new wine skin. I hear it all the time. The pastor saying we need a new wine skin. You can't put old wine in a new wine skin. And God's pouring out the new wine. And what do they did? Okay, let's take the old wine skin, paint it up and call it kingdom. It's not. If we're still doing business as usual, if we're still doing the services the same, still doing conferences the same, where you're bringing all these big people to speak to all the little people, you are not bringing them into kingdom reality. You're bringing them into the same church age structure with just a paint job. I'm sorry. I know no one wants to hear it, but it's the truth. If the people cannot function and they're not taught to function, and if it's our people up here, Leaders up here and everybody else out here, it's upside down. 
Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the finishing stone. And he's the stone on which we stand. The fivefold ministry are to be laid here underneath God's people so that we can lift them up to become everything God created them to be. They are not called to serve us, our church vision and our church ministry. They are called to serve the Lord. And if God has given them, given you care to watch over them, your responsibility is to help them become what God made them to be. Because when they become what God made them to be collectively together, then whatever vision God has given you will come into reality as God's people be being built up into a spiritual house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I got to get moving here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And notice they have linen garments and within the temple. And when they go out into the outer courts to the people, they shall put off those garments in which they ministered and lay them on the holy chambers. And they shall put on other garments, lest by contact of their garments with the people, they shall consecrate, separate, and set apart for holy use such persons who unintentionally and unfittingly are there. If they were to wear those garments in front of the people where they had sinned and ministered to their idols, it would have set them apart as that is okay. So these garments have a purpose. It's for the ministry of God. These garments are to meet the needs of God first. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's see it in action. Let's see what God is doing. Are you excited yet? Are you excited? Now you'll understand this third day intervention. Why is Jesus appearing to John on the island of Paphmus? Why are the first five chapters, I call it the spiritual Pentateuch, a preparation to prepare us for the end time, things that are coming on the earth? Why in that place do we have to see Jesus? Why is his voice different like a war trumpet? Why do we see him differently as the Omega God? Why is it important that we see Jesus as the finisher? Because he's revealing himself in Revelation chapter one as the finishing God. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, and first and last. He never says he's Jesus, the Savior. He never says he's Jesus, the healer. He says he's Jesus Christ, the King of glory. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the I am that I am. And in the revelation of us seeing him like that, then what happens when we see him, we'll be like him. And this is the Jesus that's coming to finish and come in to sup with you. He's not a different Jesus. It's just the fullness of Jesus. The end time filling you up to change you from water to wine, to change your clothing so that you can be fit and have access with God, oneness with God, marriage to God. So we are ready and prepared for what's coming. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Zechariah chapter three. Now, the Lord showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the Lord and Satan standing at the right hand to be his adversary and to accuse him. That's a moment in time. That's the end of the church age. What does the priesthood? It's supposed to be a, a high priestlyhood because we are not after the order of Levi. We're after the order of Melchizedek and Jesus is our Melchizedek and he has his high priestly ministry and he's sitting today ever living to make intercession for us. You know, and so his ministry to the father is our ministry. We're not being formed into a into a, a corporation. We're being formed into what a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood that has royal garments, royal words, royal thinking, royal understanding. Royalty is positioning before God so that we know the mind and the heart of God. 
And in royalty, God shares with you as his friend, as his bride, as, as our brother. He shares with us everything that the father says. And as one with him, as a bride with a bridegroom, we are now positioned to hear as Jesus hears, to pray as he prays, because he's praying through us. The Holy Spirit's praying through us and in us. And we are together with them in harmony together and one. That's what Jesus said in John 17, that they be one. Father, as I'm in you and you're in me, that they and we shall be one. This is the glory you gave me. Give it to them. Oneness. And for us to be oneness at the end of the age, God is supernaturally intervening. This is what we must see. This is what's going to cause us to become God's end time delivering army, God's end time deliverers, God's royal priesthood and holy nation. This is what's going to cause us to be overcomers, a bride, a man child company, a wheel within a wheel by experiencing him, seeing him, being caught up with him where he is in the spirit so that we can receive the greatest transformational glory miracle that we've ever known. And where in John chapter two, after, after John recorded, he said, this is the first miracle that Jesus did to show forth his glory. It's the only place in the Bible that says it. It's the only place this miracle is recorded in John, the revelator, but he's also the first end time prophetic overcomer because he's standing before the Lord. He's in that position where now the Lord is sharing with him everything that's about to come upon the earth. Come up here through the door that's standing open in heaven so I can show you the things that are gonna come hereafter. John is a prepared one. He doesn't die like all the other ones. He lives a full life, why? Because his life was prepared for such a time as this. And so is yours. And so is your families. And so is your church and ministry if you'll lay a hold of the new that God is doing, the new that God wants to work with this. If we would just stop all the activities and come to God, we would begin to experience them in ways we've never known before. He would finish us, complete us, change us. And if you want to see your city change, then let the glory of God come in your midst. If you want to see your family change, let the glory of God come and fill you. You want to see the nation change, then we got to seek God's glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so here's the end of the age. And who's there? Joshua in his priestly ministry. The Lord's there. Satan is there to accuse him. And look at what God does. And you'll see this in Revelation chapter 12, because as soon as that man child comes, a war breaks out. And Michael is released with all the archangels and angels to come down into the second heaven and throw Satan. And all his demons, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness out of that heavenly realm down to this realm. The place that he had because of his judgment, he goes back to the place that we were supposed to have before the fall. We received because now we're in a place to be able for Jesus to rule and reign on earth and in heavens. And now we come up into the third heavens where we get the instructions. Our head comes up into the third heavens where we receive the spirit of prophecy, the seven spirits of God. We walk in a new, deeper communion. We begin to be fitted as a wheel within a wheel. We begin to function together as an end time army of God in complete harmony. We don't break ranks. We don't thrust one another. And it's like a, 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 a fire goes before us and a garden of Eden behind us because of the Lord going before us as the Lord of hosts and he utters his voice before his army and great are the people, the army that God gives the power to execute and release those words. That's when we begin to rule the nations with an iron 
a rod of iron by the word of God that he speaks to our mouth. That's where we can release words of consequences like Paul did upon that man that opposed him. Three days blindness is gonna come upon you. That's a judgment. That's a judgment. That's a word of consequences. That's the authority, power, and dominion to stop storms, to walk on water, that the Lord Jesus is gonna work within his people as he sees fit. But not everybody, only the prepared, the physician, John, the overcomer. And now look at what it takes. This is what's happening. I'm gonna wrap up with this today. And so the Lord intervenes. This is a third day intervention. This is what's happening in the book of Revelation. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord now and habitually chooses Jerusalem. Rebuke you. Is not this, this Joshua, and describes him in a returned captive. Why was Joshua high priest captive? He's captive to what we read in Ezekiel. They were, the priests and the leaders abandoned their post and they brought in strangers and foreigners, strange and foreign ideas into the house of God to bring mixture of flesh and spirit. We're going to try to do what God told us, but we're going to use human strength and wisdom to do it. So a mixture of flesh and spirit. And that caused him to have filthy garments. Look what it says here. Isn't this, this return captain Joshua, a brand, a fire brand, plucked out of the fire? Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? What fire? First Corinthians chapter 3. The day of fire shall disclose our works. We're in the day of the Lord. It's the day of fire. We're no longer in a soaking service. We're no longer having the Lord fill up the parts because he has changed that water into wine by fire. It's changed it from being one thing to another by fire. Everything is changed by fire. Glory is manifested as fire. The fire of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. In the day of fire, everything gets exposed. Read 1 Corinthians 3. I talked about it yesterday. Exposes the motives. The hidden things of why we build what we build. And right now, in the day of fire, where the Lord has come, right, as a refining fire and full of soap to deal with our motives in our heart and to burn away all the chaff and remove it, right? And to bring us forth, the Levites, in this case, because that's the only priesthood they had back then, the Levites, you know, like gold and silver, that they might bring to God what? Offerings of righteousness. In other words, they give God what they want, what He wants. They give God what He wants, their position. That's what's going to happen here. And let's look at it. When you are refined by that fire, when you get the spirit of blast of burning and spirit of blast and judgment to be beautified as a branch of the Lord in Isaiah chapter four, the Lord pitches a canopy over you of protection because he's dealing with you and preparing you so that you can rule and reign with him. And you begin to sing the new song of the overcomers in Revelation chapter five, six through 10. They sang the new song. He has formed us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto God. And we're going to rule and reign with him forever and ever. That's the overcomer's testimony. So look what happens, okay? And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And now at the end of this age, this time, this is a prophetic picture of John chapter two of what the miracle of changing water to wine looks like. This is the work of what God does in Revelation chapter two and three, who will repent, change, and overcome. That's why you gotta cooperate with the Lord. That's why you got to let your life go as you've known it to be, your church go as you've known it to be, and let go of the old structure, the old wineskin structure, the old American dream life of having the best of God and the best of the world, giving what you want to God. Okay, I'll go to church on Sunday. I'll give this amount of money to God. I'll choose what I want to give to God. To enter the kingdom age, you can't choose what to give to God. 
You can't give God what you want. You can only bring God what he requires. And that's a living sacrifice. A body prepared for me, oh God, he says in Hebrews chapter 10. Here I am coming to do your will. That is the only sacrifice we can bring to the Lord into the kingdom age, in the kingdom hour. And look what happens. And Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. That's exactly what happens in Revelation chapter one. Jesus is looking at us as a royal priesthood and a holy nation of what we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be priests and kings to our God. We're supposed to be functioning with him in that high priestly ministry. And he looks at us at this age as he's looking at Joshua. And what does he see? He sees the filthy garments of where we have allowed foreigners and strangers, uncircumcised in heart and spirit, to affect the church, to affect our lives, and keep God's people in bondage so that they never grow. Where they left their posts because of money. Those Levites left their posts because they couldn't eat. And so they gave up their place for a bowl of soup. Ishmael, Esau, same tree. But then you have Isaac, Jacob, and now you have Dadak. They stayed true to the calling of the Lord. And look what, and we see what happens. So let's let's wrap this up today and see how the Lord deals with this. Now it says, and he spoke to those before him, saying, Do you remember what Mary said to Jesus? Do whatever he tells you to do. Says to the servants. And Jesus gives a command, fill up those pots to the brim with water. A command, something to do. Look at how he speaks here to finish us. Look what he says. This is a miracle. This is God's intervention. This is nothing, not one of his disciples had anything to do with changing that water to wine. None of, nobody had anything to do with it except it was an intervention of the Father through the Son to do a miracle. A miracle that would change everyone's life, just like it's going to change your life and everybody else's life around you as he changes you from water to wine. Praise God. And it comes by command. This is what he says. Take away that filthy garment from him. That's the Lord. Revelation chapter two and three is the Lord saying, take away that filthy garment from him. And how do you do it? You have to recognize what that filthy garment is. You got to repent of it. Okay. You got to come to God and ask God to forgive you. And as you and, you, and you change your direction, you change your mind, you let go of all of these things, then you are ready to be clothed. Because in the taking away of those garments, it's repentance and change. And the Lord is releasing that, this end time work to remove it from us. And it says, take away those filthy garments from him. And he says to Joshua, behold, look at this. I have caused your iniquity to pass from you. See it? Do you see it? By removing the clothes, it gives us a time to repent and change and walk in our end time overcoming position. Come on, people of God, are you hearing me today? I think everybody changed the channel. <laughs> no, I don't know that for sure, but seriously. Look what it says. Take away those filthy garments. Behold, I have caused your iniquity. That's God's intervention. I've caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with rich, the rendering of the word is royal apparel. I'm gonna remove your filthy garments, and I'm gonna clothe you with royal garments. 
only the sons of Zadok who stayed true to ministering to me. They will have access to me. They will have approachness to me. They will have nearness to me because they stayed true to their first love and they did their first work. They're the church in Philadelphia that I'm going to keep safe in the hour that's going to come because they have given me what I wanted. And because of that, I am giving them placement as an overcomer. I'm giving them placement as full grown sons and daughters of God. I'm giving them placement as a bride. I'm giving them placement as a royal child, royal, uh, excuse me as a man-child company, I'm giving them placement and that placement is nearness to me. They will have access to my courts. They will be able to touch my holy things. And those are the ones that God is going to fill with kingdom power, authority and dominion and glory. Their glory that will be seen upon this people will be so strong that it will break through all the darkness of the Antichrist and its system upon this world. And nations are going to come to that arising brightness and kings to the rising and kings to that brightness. Don't you want that? Don't you want that for your family? Thank you, Lord. This is God's arising army. This is Joel's army that God is going to now do individually and then connect us together as the army of the Lord that will not break once and says of Joel's army, there's never been an army like this on the earth before and there never will be again. Because this is a people who have been prepared, positioned as a wheel within a wheel, as a bride, as an overcomer, a new Jerusalem city that will have the government of God established in them and they will be able to release the government of God upon the earth in kingdom power, glory, and dominion because they're prepared and they're positioned and now they'll be propelled with God's glory. And it's all by the work of God. He who began this good work in you as a miracle is the same God who's come to complete it. On the third day, I will finish my course. You go tell that fox today and tomorrow. I do healings and miracles, but on the third day, I'm gonna finish my course. I'm gonna complete my bride. I'm gonna prepare her. I'm gonna present her to myself without spot, without blemish. Not when we're dead, not after all the other stuff. Now there's gonna be a witness. The kingdom of God is gonna be preached as a witness, not doing witness, as a witness. Then the end will come. The works I do, you shall also do. You know, as I was in the world, so are you. The full-grown sons of God are now going to manifest that same life of Jesus, that full-grown headship of Jesus. Life is now going to fully be manifested in their lives, in your lives, in our lives, as Jesus was in the world, so are we. It's happening right now. He's doing it right now. We're becoming full-grown sons right now, right now, right now, right now, because you asked them to do it. You gave up trying to fix yourself. You're falling in love with the Lord. And in that one act of obedience of falling in love with the Lord, you're allowing God to rearrange your life, rearrange your priority. You're giving up your mind. You're giving up the old ways. You're giving up the old wineskin of the best of God and the best of this world. And you're giving yourself your, the totality of your being to be just his. As a bride. You've let everything go. You're giving everything up to pursue the one that you love fully. You have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb to follow the Lord fully. Thank you, Lord. And so the Lord gives a command. And I and the Lord said, let them put a clean turban on his head. That clean turban is a linen turban. These are linen robes because they only are there to receive the ministry to God and to receive the instructions of the Lord. They're called to minister, to come near the Lord, to minister to him at his table. 
to pour their alabaster box of oil upon their feet, to minister their love, their service and obedience to the Lord, where they can say, not my will, but thy will be done. And their position now, they're seated with them in heavenly places. They're now entering into the glory realm of God, like John is in Revelation 4 and 5, and he sees the four living creatures. He sees the 24 elders. He begins to see heaven. He begins to see the worship of heaven. He begins to partake of the worship of heaven. And now the spirit of prophecy, the fullness of God is speaking a new word, a word of a different kind, like the angel Gabriel gave to Mary. This word has to come to pass because of, it, of it's of a different kind. It's not the gift of prophecy. It's not the office of a prophet. It's much higher and deeper. It's the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's the spirit of prophecy so that when I speak, they see Jesus. What I do, they see Jesus in everything. They don't see me. They don't see my ministry. They don't see your ministry. They don't see a church or building. There's, 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 there's nothing about it coming except by the Lord. Except by the Lord. He's seen. We become that crystal sea of glass. And look what it says. And let them put a clean head, turban on his head. That represents the understanding of the kingdom of the mind of Christ. That new turban represents a completely new understanding of what, the, what God desires on the earth. And now they can cooperate with them because in that understanding of the turban, they become a wheel within a wheel. Jesus in his fullness is now married to them. They are married to the Lord. They're not just engaged, they become married. And now he, the wheel, is inside us, the wheel. And because of his positioning within us as full-grown sons and daughters, as a bride, as a man-child, because of our life, of the totality of our being coming under his complete lordship, we are now can hear directly from the glory realm. And as the living creatures move, and as the activity of heaven moves, so the living creature, so the wheels within the wheels move. As the living creatures move to the left, the wheels within the wheels move to the left. As the wheels, as the living creatures are lifted up. The wheels on the wheels are lifting up and they become the army of the Lord. Why? Because they're now positioned and seated with the right garments. Okay, the, the royal garments of the royal priesthood of the ministry of the Lord. And they have the turban upon their head. And now as a priest and as a bride, they can now function with the Lord as kings and priests upon the earth. Revelation 5, 6 through 10. Because of their priestly and bridal ministry being first coming nearness to the Lord, they're now ready to go and be released with the Lord so that God can release through them and in them his end time purposes on the earth as sons and kings. It's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it beautiful? That's what the Lord's doing. And now look what it says. And, and the angel of the Lord stood by and the angel of the Lord earnestly protested and affirmed to Joshua and said this. Now, I wanna show you why what I read to you in Ezekiel when I'm showing you over in Revelation chapter one, two, and three, when I'm showing you back where, where with Cain and Abel and all the things I've been, in, the Lord has had me unfold through this broadcast. It comes to this point right here. God's deliverers are here. Joel's army is here. And this is the placement that they receive so they can function as a wheel within a wheel and the four living creatures with the four living creatures in heaven, and all the myriads of angels and the 24 elders and the souls of just men and the great cloud of witnesses, all the activity of heaven that needs to be released now on the earth will be through this wheel within a wheel, this end time army of God, this remnant of God that is being formed, that God's glory will be seen in 
And as that glorious scene, Jesus will go before them and transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ, where the millennial reign of Jesus will begin. That's what's happening. That's the hour reign. Now let's look at why this is important. Why have you suffered so much? Why have you been broken so much? Why have you been emptied so much? Why have you gone through things most Christians never go through? Because you desire him and you've allowed him to be the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't understand, I didn't understand the suffering that we'd suffer in our family, finances, health, persecutions, things that most Christians never know about, but you know about it. And in it, man, you kicked, you screamed, you hollered like we all did, but eventually you learn to surrender. And like Job, you learn the secret. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. And as Job came out of that place with a double portion, as Job came out of that place doubly blessed, everything he lost was restored and more. He got the former and the latter rain. He got a double portion. And that's exactly what God has saved for you and I in this last time. What they got, that's why I'm not going back to the book of Acts. I know many people are trying, we need to go back to the book of Acts model. No, we don't. We're going into the revelation reality of what a new Jerusalem city looks like. A bride all adorned in white. We're not going back there. We're going forward into the eternity of eternities. And now look why this is important. Okay, and I'm going to wrap up here. Okay, it says, thus saith the Lord, if you will walk in my ways. Notice it has nothing to do about walking my works. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. The Lord says that in Isaiah, showing us that the mind of Christ isn't down here. It's up here. And it requires you to come up and to meet with him. To wait upon, they that wait upon the Lord, right? So what? Change and renew their strength. And they shall what mount up on what wings of eagles? They have to come up, come up here, so I can show you the things that come after. Song of Solomon, I, I shared uh, chapter two, verses 10 to 14. Come, my love, my fair one. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. For the for the winter's over, and the rain has come and gone. And now, you know, the, the flowers blooming, the, the flowers bloom, the singing of the turtle, the singing of the birds. And the voice of the turtle doves can be heard in the land. All of that is this picture. The arising sons of God singing, which is an overcoming testimony is heard. And the voice of the turtle dove is a, a prophetic release, prophetic word from the spirit of prophecy, which will change everything. And look at how you get that. It's right here. If you'll walk in my ways. What did Moses say when he asked the Lord to show him his glory? Teach me your ways, O God, that I might know you. And if I found favor in your sight, show me your glory. It was said of children, the children of Israel, they knew the works of God. But Moses knew the ways of God. Friendships and friends and bride know the ways of God. What are the ways? It's what's his heart. His heart's desires are his ways. Show me your heart's desires, Lord. Show me your ways. What leads something to you? What pleases you? Show me your ways. Teach me your ways, O oh God, you know, that I may know you. That I may satisfy you, that I may complete you. The children of Israel knew the works of God. The church age and its mixture, it's all about the works of God. But Moses was different. He wanted the ways of God. He wanted the God of the ways. He wanted to know the God of the works, and so do you. That's why you're watching this broadcast. It says, if you will walk in my ways 
And now look at the second thing, which means we have to get a wisdom that's from above. That clean turban brings us into not my ways, your ways, not my will, but your wills. And then the second part of this says, and keep my charge. What charge? Remember what it says in Ephesians? You've deserted me. You've abandoned me. You stopped ministering to me. You brought in strangers and foreigners to come near me in your place instead of you coming yourself. If you if you if you keep if you walk in my ways and keep my charge, what charge? Ministering to him. That's what we do at the divine convergence. I didn't realize this. But the Lord told me, Henry, I want you to converge. I want to, I want you to gather people together. I want you just to invite them. Luke 14. Just tell them the banquet's ready and all things are ready. And put out the invitation. I want no agenda but seeking my face. I want no guest speakers but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all I want you to do is seek my face. And in that, I will work through all my people. No guest speakers, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they're the guest speakers. I didn't realize that Sister Crystal sent me an article today, and it really blessed me, about how God began this outpouring of the Spirit in the 1900s, you know, back way back at the Azusa Street. And I had no idea of, of, of what, what happened there. But boy, do I see it now. And now it even makes more sense of why the Lord is asking us to do this, to converge in cities. He's looking for that remnant people. He's looking for the Joshua, the high priest. He's looking for those who know how to minister to him, who want him, who are passionately in love with him, who will minister to him in song, music, dance, with their life as a living sacrifice. The, the men servants, the maid servants that will weep at his feet. He's looking for the psalmist that will minister to his heart, his musicians that will hear his music, his artists that will draw his pictures. He's looking for those who know how to minister to him. He's looking for the scribes who will write down everything he says. He's looking for those that will allow the spirit of God to move and work through them and release what God is saying. And he's looking for those that will be able to build each other up in that love so that he alone can be seen and glorified. That's why you got to come to the convergence. So let me finish this. It says that you, it says if you will walk in my ways, okay. That's why you have to understand the day we're in. That's the ways of God. That's why you have to understand the church age structure is over. The way we do services and conferences has come to an end. You can keep doing it, but in God's sight, it's ended. It's a new wineskin. It has new priorities. It has a new protocol of approach. It has new instructions and blueprints. It's got a bigger hard drive that can contain much more new software so that we can function with new armor and new weapons for this day and hour that we're standing in that will bring us total victory from victory to victory to victory that's why you can't miss it thank you lord and so one of the things that um that's really important it says and it says and so it says i will look at what it says if you will rule my house and have charge over my courts I will give you something. And this is what this broadcast is all about. I will give you access. Joel's army has access to God and it functions unbeatable, unstoppable as an army that's never been seen on the face of the earth and nor has anyone in the church age seen what God is about to do in you and me and this army, this royal priesthood, this holy nation, this wheel within a wheel, 
that God is forming. We have never seen this. We've never functioned like this. We've never spoken like this. We've never moved like this. Because in this, God is going to transform the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God. That's why we can never go back to the book of Acts. We can never go backwards. Everything is ahead of us. Run the race that's before us. Don't listen to those that tell you, we're going back here. We're going to build that old model again. We're just going to revisit that old model. The only thing that's going to be rebuilt in these last days is David's tabernacle because God said so. In Amos chapter 9, it has to be rebuilt. Why? So that this new ministry to the Lord that we were supposed to do, this Joshua high priesthood ministry, could come into existence. So behold, it says, I want you to hear this. I will give you access to my presence. I will give, excuse me, it says, if you'll keep my charge, then you shall rule my house, which is what all Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is about, ruling and reigning. You'll have charge over my courts, which means authority, power, and dominion. And I will give you access to me, my presence, and places to walk among those who stand here. Where? Where is he? He's in the realm of the four living creatures. He's in the realm of the 24 elders. He's in the realm of the myriad of angels and the archangels. He's in the realm of the cherubims and the seraphim. He's in the realm of the 24 elders. He's in the realm of the souls of just men. He's in the realm of the great cloud of witnesses. That's where he is. And look what he says. And I will give you, while he's alive, access to my presence and places to walk here among these. That means we're now seated with him in heavenly places. We're now able to function in the glory realm of God. And, and then we are ready to be one with him as God's end times deliverers and Joel's army. For here now, O Joshua, the high priest, and you colleagues who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign, this remnant, a sign, an omen, types of what is to, to come. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Isaiah chapter 4 talks about the branch of the Lord, which is you and I. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. What a glorious place we have as being the branch of the Lord connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. Because when we're connected to the vine fully, then he shall what? Bear fruit. He's the fruit producer. And our fruit will remain. You haven't chosen God. God has chosen you and ordained you that you would bring forth fruit and that your fruit would remain. All of this is the forming of God's end times deliverers and Joel's army. So I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope this encouraged you. I hope this strengthened you. I hope it helped you cooperate with God to see what God is doing, what your part is, what you need to do with your family, your church, your ministry, of how to bring forth the glory of God, that God puts yourself in a position to be filled with the glory of God. Father, I thank you right now, Father, for this series. Thank you for meeting with us. We so appreciate you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such an impartation. Father, let this word become flesh. I pray that you would take this message far and wide, that my brothers, sisters who are listening to you today, God, they would share this with all that they know, and Lord, that you would bring your remnant people onto you. I wish everyone would come, God, but we know there are wise and they're foolish. Let the wise hear this word. Let the foolish hear the word and repent while there's still time, God. That we would become to be prepared and positioned to be repelled, propelled with your glory. Lord Jesus, it's time that we arise and shine for your light has come, for your glory to be seen risen upon us. We say yes. We say yes to you. We say yes, Lord. Do what you must. 
we give you the totality of our being, our body, soul, and spirit to your purposes. We say yes to you, Lord. Whatever you need to do, we want your end time intervention, intervention. Change us from water to wine. We trust you, God, to complete us. We can't, we're not going to try to figure it out. We're not going to try to, Lord, to dissect it. We're just going to say yes. Like the day we said, yes, Jesus, come in our heart to save us. We say, yes, Jesus, come in and finish us. We say yes, and we will simply trust you like we did then, now, for you are able to complete us, Lord. And we say yes, and we surrender to it, and we thank you for it, and we love you for it. We thank you, Lord, that you will prepare us to be a bride without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. We thank you for that, my God. We bless you. We praise you today. Thank you for all of these people, Lord, that have watched this broadcast. Lord, bless them and their families and let your glory be seen in our homes and our lives. And Lord, bring us in complete divine alignment with your will, your purposes. So we live only for your will, only to please you, only to serve you. And Lord, now to you who can do exceedingly above all that we ask for thing to you, Lord, be all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I really appreciate all of you watching this broadcast today. Would you send me a note, an email and let me know this series impacted you and how it did could you just share a testimony with me uh, reverend lynn will put our my email address i'd love to hear from you i know you write your comments but maybe you can drop me an email or or send me something that just share with me if you know how this has impacted your life not for my sake so that we can share with others okay and i pray that you would take these series now this is only one part of, of another 11 series of called the glory roadmap that god began to birth in march 2020 when everything shut down you can find those on our website. Just go to our media page. And if you go down there, you'll see the listing of all the teachings. Some are only on Facebook, the first few, and you'll see them listed. But if you click on it, it goes right to the video section and they're all in order, you know? And pray with them, see which one God wants to list you. Then on our YouTube channel, as when, when we started connecting with the YouTube channel, we have all the present ones. And most of them are on both Facebook and YouTube. And so you can go to our YouTube channel. When you do though, would you please hit the like and subscribe button and share it. That increases the algorithm and God spreads it more. Since you all started doing that, there's been a tremendous increase on in our activity. So thank you for doing that. That's what we want the Lord to take this and bring it where he wills. I'm not advertising it. I'm not buying promotions. I'm not doing anything to promote this. I can't touch it. This is for who God is sending it to. It's not made not for everybody, but this is the Lord. So, so he'll bring it where he has. Our part is just to help by, you know, you know uh, the subscribe button, hitting the like button and writing comments, comments on Facebook. You know, after this is done, when I post it on there, write comments in that comment line and that helps boost the algorithms as, as well. So thank you for that. Now to all of you, okay, I want to invite you May 2nd through the 7th, Reverend Lynn, hopefully you put that on. Come to Schenectady, New York. You do not want to miss this. I'm telling you all the things that I've shared in this broadcast, you can experience for yourself. You've never experienced what we, I've never experienced. I've been a minister for 35 years and I've never experienced the Lord with his people in a way like this before. I'm not hyping it. I'm telling you the truth. I know people hype the work. This is not anything that you've ever experienced before. So if you come, put away every conference mindset, every church service mindset, even where if you've come to any of our meetings in the past, don't even use that as a, as a guidepost, this is completely different and it's more powerful and it's with God and God is with us and it's glorious scene. So please come May 2nd through May 7th. 
Now, you only have two days to reserve the room at the hotel at the discount. It's a beautiful double tree hotel. We got a great rate and breakfast is included. So sign up now. You have up until, up until two days to um, cancel that reservation if you can't come. But if you don't reserve it by the 15th, you're not getting that rate. So you want to do that. And make sure you hit the RSVP because only, only those that are registered can, are, are, are going to be allowed to come in. You have to register. This is by invitation only. This is not an open meeting where we're trying to do like church ministries, things and like that. I'm not saying that's better or worse. I'm just saying we're not doing that. This is by invitation. So you must register. So please do that. If we can serve you in any way, if you need prayer, if we can help you, uh, our email address is on there. Okay. Please let us know. We love you. We're here to be your servants. We're fellow servants. We're, we're bond servants in the Lord here for you. And I hope that's what these broadcasts is. If you notice, we don't charge for anything in our ministry. Nothing. There's no registration fees. I know a lot of people charge re registration fees. If that's what they want to cover the cost of all the expenses. We don't. We rely on God. And all of our team go at their own expense. They use their own money or they have people that will help donate to them just like Don and I. You know, we go there by we live as missionaries and we're totally dependent upon the Lord to provide for us and, and for God to touch people to help send us. And we do need a little bit more help. So I will mention that to you. So if God touches you today, maybe the Lord will show you something to help us financially just to get the little bit left that we need to be able to live, to get our things taken care of and to go and come back. That would be a great blessing if the Lord would touch you that way. You don't have to. Okay? I'm just I'm putting it out for those that God may want to touch be able to do that there's no strings attached you don't have to do anything we love you all of this is free freely we receive freely give our books on our website are free downloads for you to have the music on our website you can download they're free you know I, I, you know god gave it to us at his but what we do is is like we're dependent upon the lord to touch people like at the church of philippi you know they love paul and they minister to his personal needs and to his traveling needs. And that's what we ask the Lord for. Lord, these are people, Lord, that you are connecting us with that will love us like you do too. And be able to pray for us, which is a blessing. And thank you for everyone praying for us. Encourage us as servants of the Lord and also have the ability to financially bless us to be able so that we can continue to live and do the work of the Lord as missionaries. So thank you for all of you. I've been really slow sending out emails, thanks to you. But I do thank you every broadcast. But I'm still going to get the emails out soon to you. So, just yeah, there's so much going on right now. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negligent on it, and I don't want to send a generic email to you. I'm going to send a personal one to you because you personally gave to the Lord and to us. So that's it for this broadcast. Remember, May 2nd through the 7th, 2022, Schenectady, New York, the Greater New York Schenectady Divine Convergence. Okay, starts it's coming up soon. I'll be leaving at the end of April to get to get there so that we can get things ready for you and to set the table. The Lord wants us to set a table. You'll see it when you come in. There will be a table set. There's no altar. And, you know, there's not a church conference thing. There's an altar. There's a table spread for you to come. Come with us. Meet the Lord together. We're looking forward to you being there. Please pray about coming. We'd love to see you there. We only have a little bit of space left, you know, so you need to register now. All right. We love you. God bless you. And we'll be doing some special broadcasts between now and when we leave. We will be broadcasting. We'll be doing daily updates from the Convergence so that we can share with you what's going on while we're there. So just keep looking on Facebook and YouTube. And when we get back, 
there's another part of the series that God wants me to continue with on the glory roadmap. And so I'll let you know when that's going to start. All right, that's it for now. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye.